Hey everyone, you're listening to Spark, where we amplify the voices of the Middle East startup, tech, and innovation ecosystem. I'm your host, Shireen, and along with our guests, we share with you expert insights on the latest and most relevant news. Our goal is to help you easily digest trending topics and be better equipped to know what to make of it all. Hey everyone. I'd like to start off on a personal note and share with you that last week it was my birthday and I've turned 32 years old. Now, whilst I go off for a moment on a tangent away from tech in the Middle East, I'd like to share with you that looking back over the last year, my single biggest personal achievement was getting back into the sport of CrossFit. Now, besides having a rockin' career, I do believe that staying fit and being physically active is an essential part of being a human being. After all, we were meant to be mammals that ran marathons to hunt for food. So why stop moving just because food is now easily available in your fridge? Now, to share a bit of what I get up to when not recording podcasts for you, my favorite lift is the thruster because it's a combination of a squat and an overhead press. Now, for those of you that don't know what a thruster looks like, feel free to pause for a moment and Google it. But by far, I do not miss a workout when there's a thruster involved. Now, before we jump to today's episode, I'd like to share with you what else I've been up to. Now, some of you may already know that I'm collaborating with a UAE-based fintech called Betica. Now, Betica is an e-trading platform. Though it's not live yet, you can register for the waitlist by visiting getbetica.com and signing up to be notified once their commission-free U.S. stock trading platform goes live. Now, there's a campaign going on right now, and you can win $50 in stock if you register and refer enough friends. Now, the point I'm trying to make here is I've been collaborating with them on the content front. Now, since February, you've been able to listen to me recap five of the day's top MENA and international headlines on the daily newscast. Now, the whole point of the newscast is that you get your roundup of what's important in stock market news in five minutes or less. Now, last week, we launched a new podcast series called Akhbarika Deep Dive. And the point there is instead of me going off on a tangent for five minutes telling you about what's important in the news, I sit down with a guest more often they're going to be the writers of Betica in order to talk about a topic that's trending in the financial markets. Now, at the moment, we're covering the topic of alternate asset classes. So if you want to become a smarter investor, I highly encourage you to go on and subscribe. And you can listen to all of the Akhbarika podcasts, whether it's the newscast or the deep dive on all your streaming platforms. And that covers Spotify and Rami, Apple Podcasts, you name it. If you manage to tune in, please let me know what you think. Now onto this week's episode on the topic of venture building, but this time with corporate partners. Now today I sit down with Lee Nablusi, who is the venture lead at Rainmaking. Now Lee focuses on corporate venture building and works on scoping, validating, building, and launching new ventures with corporations. Lee was also the managing director of the Dubai Smart City Accelerators, one of the startup bootcamp programs, and is an active member of the startup community out here in the UAE. So she is very, very knowledgeable about building startups that can work and scale here in the region. Now, together we discuss the process of venture building with corporate partners, strategies that you can implement when building ventures with corporate partners, and lastly, the importance of relationship building and partnerships, well, at least in the venture building world. Listeners, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now let's jump straight to it. Lean, welcome to Spark. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Shireen. Pleasure to be on your show. Pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much for making the time. You know, Lean and I uh, actually physically work like a corridor away from each other, <laughs> but we don't speak as often as we should, Lean. 
we should change that. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, talking to Shireen from Jordan right now, uh, but hopefully we can have some more, more sessions at uh, FinTech 5. Hopefully. So Lean works for Rainmaking, which is a part of the innovation ecosystem globally, in fact. Lean, it's one of the, the biggest venture building companies in the world, I want to say. Is that a stretch or is that true? It is. So basically, uh, we have our uh, venture building offices uh, that are more mature in Copenhagen and in London. Um, and as for the UAE and the region, we have just uh, launched our uh, venture building team. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's our first year and we've been um, talking to a lot of uh, clients in the ecosystem and space and in MENA. So, so it's, it's new in the UAE and the region, but we've been around for a while. You're not new to the startup world and the ecosystem though, right? Lean, you used to run accelerator programs for Rainmaking's startup bootcamp program. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering in your words, how is this a natural, how is venture building a natural evolution from building startups under the accelerator model? So it's, it's, as you said, it was quite an interesting journey. We, um, I was uh, leading some uh, smart city accelerator programs under startup bootcamp, uh, which is the accelerator umbrella under rainmaking and so getting your hands dirty with startups and and uh, kind of guiding them advising them uh, is one thing um, but actually creating ventures and in our case with corporates is is extremely interesting and, and I'm very passionate about because you get you kind of get to get your hands dirty in a different way where um, you scope opportunities you, you really dissect an industry and you build with the corporates and with their industry knowledge um, and our entrepreneurial approach kind of build that uh, venture together. So it's very exciting um, and, and, and doing it in a in kind of a de-risk way and, and creating our, our best practices, to be honest, because what's happening in London or Copenhagen um, is not necessarily only um, like strictly working in, in our region. So kind of um, exploring this whole venture building world has been very exciting for me. Would you get FOMO whilst you were an accelerator manager wishing you did get your hands dirtier with the founders? Um, honestly, I, I did four programs and it was enough for me to to really get uh, get insight in the best of the accelerator world. But I, I'm, I'm really happy with, I'm not, I don't really miss the accelerator part, not because <laughs> I love interacting with startups. I really do. But I feel like um, there's there's, there's high impact with, with what I'm doing in terms of, you know, focusing and really um, working with the best startups and corporates um, or, or entrepreneurs kind of build ventures together and an amazing team doing that. Yeah. So I'm curious, Lean, with Rainmaker, sorry, with, with Rainmaking's Venture Builder program model, does Rainmaking have a equity stake in the ventures that they build with the corporates or do they, are they simply the entrepreneur in residence arm of the ventures that these corporates want to build? Um, so, so the way we do it, uh, Shireen, is there's many venture uh, building kind of uh, models out there. And the, the way we do it is with the corporate. So there is equity involved. There's threat equity involved. There's uh, equity for the corporates. And then there's equity uh, kind of put on aside for the founding team that will be hired. So, so there's, uh, it's, it's kind of a fair play. It, it, it's, it's in a way we share the, the upside and the risks with the corporates. And because we're both incentivized, the equity is split and we typically exit at series A where um, when it's the riskiest part from start all the way to series A is where we're there 
um, we're building, we're validating, and we're using their industry experts, right? Um, and then we hire a team to take it forward within the first uh, few years to reach Series A. And then at Series A, that's where we exit because that's where their strengths really come in to grow the business. Got it. So the equity owners are the corporates, Rainmaking, and then the team that you guys would put onto that venture. Exactly. Now, do these team members uh, come from within Rainmaking? Meaning, are they Rainmaking like entrepreneurial, entrepreneur in residence, existing staff, or do you scout and headhunt them specific to the ventures that you are building with the corporates? So, so the way we do it is um, our team, our staff kind of uh, works on ventures in the scoping and early, early scoping phases. And then when we're, when it's time to hire the founding team, it could actually uh, either be a natural kind of progression of one of our team members to join the founding team or our optimal venture, you know, setup build is, is around a focused founder team where, you know, with the support from experts and best of breed partners. So, so we, we do need proven founder talent and it's yeah. at the heart model and we go out and get the experienced founders um, to, to join, of course, with, with the flexibility of a startup idea uh, or, or building your own startup, but in a de-risked way. Again, uh, a lot of these founders are founders who made mistakes or exited companies and mm. want to kind of build, uh, but uh, have, have it done in a de-risked way. And again, I keep mentioning de-risking because that's the whole point of, of the, the process. Okay. So lean question. The founding team, are they a part of the scoping and validating phase of the venture building or is that phase specific to rainmaking and the corporation? Right. So so typically um, the, the scoping and, and as you mentioned, validating early stages is done. It's, it's a six to, to uh, 12 week process where we as a team go through that. And then once we have a, once we present the findings and the blueprint and the kind of a plan, this is where we get kind of, again, it's a stage gated approach. So we get a go, no go. And this is where we get the founders onboarded. Now, obviously there's two approaches. You either get the founders early on so that they can go through the scoping and, and really identify the gaps and the challenges and the friction points. At this point, we get them as after the, the scoping is because of the nature of, of corporates here and, and, and it's, it's still, there's a lot of educating happening. And, and, and so to be able to invest at an early stage prior to scoping is, is something we're still kind of finding it challenging to do. And this is why we scope and we kind of create a, a, a scoping machine uh, in the studio where we continuously scope ideas uh, and, and validate and then get those founders at the right time. Six to 12 weeks is really tight. Um, so the process, if I can summarize the process really quickly so that um, it doesn't get confusing. So what we do is after talking to the corporates and really identifying um, the areas they want to explore and play in. So the ideas come from the corporates. So the ideas usually um, we, we align with the corporates on on the, the ideas they want to work on. A lot of them already have aligned with the strategy from day one, what, what we what we want to work on. Others want us to explore. Um, and so that, what that means, we create an opportunity portfolio. We go out, we kind of spend a few months on really researching the market. But if they do have a more or less idea where they want to play, then we go directly into the uh, process of eight to 10 weeks of scoping, analyze the market, identify opportunities, um, you know, conceptualize the solutions and really outline the high level blueprint. So this is the scoping stage where our team works on, this is what I do and what our, my team does. And, and, and again, at the end of scoping, this is where 
we have a kind of a go no go decision and 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 we move to validation which is 3 to 4 months of uh, 3 to 5 months of validation and this is where the founding team joins or at least the early and a number of uh, early members join. And this is where we do the minimal viable product, the, the visual prototypes. Like the physical build, whereas previously conceptualization would have been more illustrative. Exactly. So, so scoping is really about identifying the need, the opportunity, and proving that it's, it's a viable business case. And then validation is the MVP phase where we start building and kind of getting feedback and iterating and so on and so forth. And that's three to five months where the founding team actually starts joining. At the end of five months is where building and launching comes in. Uh, and this is where it's it's about eight to twelve months, uh, roughly. And this is where it moves from MV2 to pilot. The, the venture team becomes more solid, and there's a go-to-market strategy. Got that. And and again, because it's stage gated, and there's decisions to be made at every stage um, mm-hmm. with an experienced founding team and with the corporate's um, assets and unfair advantages and our experience in venture building, uh, it becomes uh, more of an informed decision at every stage. You mentioned earlier the term opportunity portfolio. I like that. I haven't heard that before. Is that an entry term? So so this term is what we use uh, for, uh, as I mentioned, early stages where we kind mm. of map all the opportunities. So yeah, we is a term, I mean, could be used elsewhere, but this is uh, identify the opportunities. Yeah. So per corporate partner, roughly how many ideas would you have in an opportunity portfolio? So I, I honestly, it's completely different. Um, mm. It really, it depends on the entity that we're working in and, and the industry. But when you're talking about opportunity portfolio at a higher level, like where to really play, it could be, for example, for uh, different areas. And then within those four different areas, you scope for different opportunities, right? So their main umbrellas, and then you dive deep and see, okay, in the scoping stage, the, the, the early stage that I told you about, we go out and start looking at different ideas. And, and so nail it down into one. Throughout our relationship with the corporate, what we do is something called an alignment workshop, where mm-hmm. we go out kind of concept cards and and research um so research the different models the, the interesting uh ventures could be adjacent could be their core just to kind of have a conversation and understand where they where they're kind of leaning towards and what aligns with their strategy and what's really their unfair advantage and assets. For example, if it's a network or logistics or supply chain, whatever it is, we want to make sure that we capitalize on these um unfair advantages. Uh, and this is really the reason we partner with, with them. Let's say Lean um, Rainmaking onboards two partners in the same industry. And let's assume that these partners are competitors to one another. Is there some kind of a Chinese wall between the team members who are engaged with, with either partner to make sure that, you know, there are no overlaps or conflict of interest with the opportunity portfolio? We, we do see it happening because mm-hmm. as we spoke for different corporates, we're seeing all, we're connecting all these dots and realizing mm-hmm. uh, what because corporates are getting into different industries. So someone in logistics who's getting potentially into fintech um, uh, and we have another corporate that could be interested in something like that. We start connecting the dots and seeing and potentially creating uh, opportunities for partnerships. Now, when it's in the same industry, it's a different story. And we'll obviously also have to choose who we 
who the right partner is at the end of the day. Um, Lean, do you see differences in Rainmaking's approach to venture building through the corporate model in places like London and Copenhagen, London and Copenhagen, sorry, London and Copenhagen, where let's say the innovation ecosystems are very mature versus Dubai, where it's still emerging? Absolutely. Um, to start with, I think it's mostly the relationship with the corporate. So um, over there, uh, from what I've seen and the way they run uh, the corporate venture building, and there's a lot of like uh, knowledge sharing, right? To a certain extent, venture building is not as early stage or as uh, mature as it is here. And so they, they understand the concept. They understand why uh, why they're doing it and and and. Uh, and how to kind of navigate it and so forth where when we're presenting certain ideas to them they they understand uh, more or less like the end goal and it's not let's do everything and and we have this opportunity let's like try to tackle everything it's very strategized while over here there are a lot of opportunities but it's still tough to to really under explain and have the corporates digest the whole venture building um, concept uh, from the get-go. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, back and forth and and it's a long period of relationship building. And do you find that corporates in, in the Middle East want to replicate ventures they see um, as success case stories in like America or Europe? Or do you... F- are you having genuinely innovative conversations with some of your prospect clients here? Uh, honestly, I think it's a mix of both. Um, so the optimal execution model is really dependent on the proximity of the opportunity um, to the core business and market landscape. So mm. what I mean by that is that um, it, there's there's three approaches. It's either venture building where it's a completely new idea. That's when it's adjacent or transformational opportunities where the customer segment is unknown. The value proposition is not unknown in the business model. So it's not their core. And this is where they want innovative ideas and they want to become, you know, the, the new innovative uh, company or, or leader in their field. And this is where it's either um, something that has been done elsewhere in other markets and, and they could be leaders in that. Or it could be, as you said, um, something completely new. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. And there's definitely no shame in saying, hey, I want to build the the Uber of, you know, the Middle East or the Spotify of the Middle East. Look at Kiriman and Rami. I was actually just reading in the news yesterday that um, when Clubhouse got banned in China, uh, ByteDance started building a comp- like a competing platform. So they saw the opportunity, jumped on the fact that that competitor, you know, had a problem and went on to build something better. Whereas Netflix also literally was out in the news yesterday. We're trying to replicate um, what TikTok has, which is the whole, you know, virtual video feed on their platform. So it seems like everyone's copying one another and that it's okay because the people who are doing the copying are the big innovative names in the tech ecosystem. Um, So ain't no shame in copying, you know? Just do it better. I agree. And to add to that, um, it, it does open up, like with, with venture building, it does open up venture ideas that are really hard to target by startups. And they require scale capabilities. You know, their CapEx is heavy. Infrastructure is, is heavy. So it opens up such opportunities that becomes available to us that are more risky for startups. And, and more so if there are startups in the ecosystem doing that, you come in stronger with, um, you know, your unfair advantage. So, so yes, the idea is there are businesses out there and corporates, it makes sense for either corporates to co-invest with them or uh, to partner with them or to actually do it on their own. And it, it, it becomes a strategy kind of play. 
Um, so Lean, in the rainmaking corporate venture building model, who puts the monetary funding behind the ventures? Um, so uh, depending on the setup, it could be the corporate uh, is putting the funding um, mainly, and it could be a setup of the corporate with a number of different funds that come in. Um, so, so again, it, it, it really depends on the entity, the, the, the industry. Uh, but the idea is to kind of create a portfolio of ventures if it is with uh, other institutional investors uh, and, and then kind of building those corporate uh, relationships where the corporate puts money in and then also the Investors. Got that. And within the scoping, validating, conceptualizing, you know, really kind of like across the entire venture building phase, do you ever find that when you're plugging in people from your network um, to build the team running that particular phase, that there's any like skill gap and that you really need to recruit from abroad to come and do this venture that may be so innovative that no one here can do? One of the advantages we have in rainmaking is our huge network when it comes to the startup bootcamp entrepreneurs around the world, as I said, our accelerator umbrella, and then also our rainmaking network. So honestly, it's been proven that we we can tap into great resources uh, if, if you're saying, you know, uh, not per se just the UAE, but just our, our network internationally. I think the, the most challenging part right now is, uh, and quite honestly speaking, is really unfolding the whole process because it's new. It's something we've in other markets, but really the finding the the the, the proven methodology. And it, it, it's again, it's different in every market and sometimes with clients. Um, it's really that uh, to be able to move from kind of aligning on the opportunity areas to scoping and having tap into the right resources with corporates, tap into the, to their, to the assets and unfair advantages, like to be able to make use of that because without that, the whole venture building, uh, corporate venture building model does not make sense, right? The whole idea mm-hmm. is to these resources and it's really about maximizing and utilizing and 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 having that champion within the corporate throughout the process in addition to our team because it it really takes both both ends um, to create something successful got that and what is it about rainmaking that makes you a more successful venture building partner than some of your other competitors in the market even the international ones who are looking to expand here. So, so the idea here is that um, Rainmaking has been doing this in Copenhagen and London, as I men- mentioned, um, for a while now. And we have proven uh, case studies um, where we really tap into our um, kind of uh, DNA of, of having this uh, entrepreneurial approach to everything, um, whether it's tapping into our network of existing kind of uh, business models and startups all the way to industry experts and, and kind of um, unfolding this experience and going ourselves from entrepreneurs who have built and also failed uh, in certain uh, ventures and, and putting together this team and methodology that we built on over the years and the strong relationship with corporate Uh, At the end of the day, we built corporate relationships with our accelerator model, but also um, with this uh, venture building um, and corporate venture building. So I think the relationship is also very important. Um, And again, we, we, our approach um, and how we do it in a stage gated uh, uh, funding approach, I think is extremely important. So Hmm. um, yeah, I I hope that uh, we can grow that here in the, in the region and in, UAE with some um, exciting uh, upcoming projects and, and partnerships. Hopefully we'll be seeing some cool innovations coming out of the venture building model. <laughs>
from yes. Rainmaking, of course. Lean, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciated your insights on the show. Thank you so much, Shireen. It's been a pleasure and uh, excited to hear a lot of your new episodes. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to future episodes on your podcast listening platform of choice. And whilst you're there, leave a review and rate our show so that other aspiring innovators can find it. To find a summary of our discussion today and links to our guests, access our show notes by visiting our website, sparkwithshireen.com. If you don't want to miss out on future announcements, subscribe to our newsletter or follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at sparkwithshireen. Before you go, I'd like to let you know that we love hearing from our listeners. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, including guest or topic recommendations, drop us a message through our website or social platforms. If you didn't have a pen or paper handy to write all this down, don't worry. We've gone ahead and added all these links in the episode description. All you have to do is scroll down and click when you have a moment. As always, thank you for listening and see you next time.